welcome to the G Show. Cal, how you doing? How are you, Garrett? Good, man. How are you? Just created my new MLB page on Instagram. Doing great. Just started that few, actually, almost last week. It's been around six days. And, you know, I've been yeah. looking at a lot of baseball stuff, you know, checking out some really nice highlights, you know, where the league is and where it stands, all sorts of that. So, you know, this season has been wild. There's a bunch of changes, and there's a, there's a lot of teams that are really close within each other in the the stats and the records. So, you know, I'd like to get into talking to some baseball with you. That's fine. What do you want to talk about in particular? The Los Angeles Dodgers and how elite that team is compared to all the other teams in their division. And do you think that they could possibly win and go into the World Series again for like the third time straight in a row? It is possible. I do think they can, but I don't know what the New York Yankees or Astros will do at the trade deadline. So... I would say yes, very possibility. I think they are the best NL team for like the third straight year in a row. And I think as long as they stay healthy, they'll be back again. But I think Clayton Kershaw is a liability issue because how old he is. And he definitely hasn't been playing as well as he should be. But as you saw on your post last night, Hingru Yu, whatever his name is, has been incredible. And I think they're just straight out better than everyone and Bellinger is definitely looking like an MVP candidate. He's he's racing Yelich right now. He's one home run away from tying him again. Yelich, I think he has thirty one as of now and Bellinger has thirty. It's crazy to see yeah. those guys stand off with each other. You know, it's it seems like every three days or every two days they're hitting bombs left and right. They are really good hitters and they definitely carry their teams and to think about it, Cody, Cody Bellinger last year was batting 220, 220 last year. And to come up and in the offseason, he must have worked his tail off because he is now one of the better players in the league, if not one of the best. And he came in three years ago. He was batting around 300. He dipped down. And then this year he bounced back up once again. So I think Cody Bellinger has proven himself this year. And I think He's driving his teams, his team in the right direction towards the postseason. Yeah, he's um, he's definitely one of the up and coming stars of the league. Yeah, him and Yelich, uh, they've been both good for their career. I'd say, except Bellinger last year, and uh, I'm looking forward to see uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. and next year. I think he'll be better if he works his tail off in the offseason and. Uh, Pete Alonso is another guy who I didn't expect to be well in New York. He's been hitting the cover off the ball as well, but for that New York team, I mean, he's hitting a lot of home runs, and he gave Laddie a run of his money if you watch the home run derby, and that was just really exciting stuff to watch. Yeah. Oh, he makes plays at first base. I mean, a lot of people think that, you know, first base, oh, you just catch the ball. No, Pete Alonso's out there stretching him, making plays at first. And there's been multiple highlights of Pete Alonso being able to stretch way out in front of the plate to catch the balls that are thrown a little off target by their shortstops and infielders. And Pete Alonso just makes them look better. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, 
And also Josh Bell also, I mean, at the first base position, he's getting better and he's leading the league in RBIs by like 10 RBIs or something like that. Pretty crazy stat for the my Pirates at least. And uh, talk about those twins, huh? Yes. They're, they're hanging on. Um, they try, they almost swept the Cleveland Indians, but they, they, didn't, they didn't get what they wanted in the end. They gave a couple home runs and they couldn't sweep them, but – they're leading their division, but I gotta say the Cleveland Indians are in the exact same spot as they were last year. And you think about this: the Twins are 18 games better than they were the year before, with less players than we thought they would have. Like they traded away Brian Dozier. Uh, they still have Miguel Sano. A lot of think Miguel Sano could be out of the team by next year because he's making too much errors. He strikes out too many times. And the Twins brought up their prospect, Luis Arias, and he is absolutely outstanding. The guy can hit the ball, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing him next year. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I'm kind of surprised that uh, Max Kepler didn't get in the All-Star game or any, any of those guys. Because, I mean, if you hit 166 home runs for a All-Star break, which was better than your whole year last year, I would say that's pretty good for a team. And, I mean, that's history right there in it making. But um, I don't know if you've heard what Justin Verlander said, but he, he thinks that balls are juice to make the make more home runs, make more offense in the league. You know, that that is a thing. It's a possibility that the MLB will not tell us that. But to me, I think those guys just have so much power. And the, the game of baseball is evolving. And it keeps evolving, and the players are getting better with the new medicine we have, with the with the, the great medical abilities that we have today to make our players the best of the best and continue to play a sport through, like, their 35s. Like, we've seen a lot of good veterans play the game for a long time. It's getting crazy now that our technology and advancements are getting better as well. But I do yeah. – I don't think the balls are being juiced – I just think that the players are they're they're just evolving. You mean they're just stronger than ever before? Yep. Yeah, well, like let's say a team like New York Yankees. Obviously if you look at their roster they have Stan and they have Sanchez and they have Judge, which those three together are probably top three strongest hitters in this league. And that's what makes the Yankees so dangerous, in my opinion, is you have to have a good pitching core if you want to pitch against the Yankees. And that's, I think this year the Yankees could possibly win it. I mean, their rotation's good enough, and the only thing I think they need to address is their bullpen, and you could be looking at the 2019 World Series champions as New York Yankees. Yeah. I do think their uh, bullpen's going to play a huge role. I mean, the Rays are six games behind, and the Red Sox are ten games behind. It's a matter of the Yankees being able to be consistent as well as the teams behind them. Um, you know, the Blue Jays and the Orioles, they're way out. So it's between those three teams to decide who's going to take the AL East in the American. In the, and I do think that the Yankees are worse on the road than they are at home. They play way better on in, in their own territory than away. They're 26 and 17, but they do have a winning percentage. And they're 6 and 4, as well as the Rays and the Red Sox are all 6 and 4 in their last 10 games. So these teams are about dead even, and it depends on, you know, the long run in the next couple of months 
you know, who's going to who's gonna remain on the top? And that's the same thing for the Twins and the Indians. 6.5 games behind, the Indians are making a comeback. They're, they're in the top five in the power rankings now. They, they slipped away at the beginning of the season. They didn't start. And I, I do believe that the Indians are going to make it close between the Twins and um, even the White Sox. I mean, the White Sox have – they started off so bad and they've come back to uh, somewhat of a, a decent record. But they're, they're so far behind because these Twins and the Indians just keep winning. And when they face each other off, that was a good series to watch. You know, those two, those two teams are, are very good. And, you know, it's going to come down to just a little bit of pitching. And I think if they, if they have the good arms, they can win. Um, but you've seen, like, Chris Sale – for the Boston Red Sox this year, he's not doing very good. He's he's three and nine. Uh, he's been struggling at home, and he's he's a total different ball player. And I think if Chris Sale was was pretty accurate for the Red Sox, I think that they would have a good chance of of taking over the Rays and and just tying with the Yankees. And it would be just a game or two um, where it would decide who was going to take that standing to the to the top. Exactly why. Um... MLB, the deadline is huge because, like, I saw last night or two nights ago, like, Reds got Andrew Kashner from the Orioles, who's a good pitcher, to address their pitching. Yeah. And it's just going to be a straight dogfight for these teams. I mean, it, I think it comes down to at least every year. It's at least what I said last night on my podcast was whatever team wants it more is going to get it. I mean, if these teams, all these teams in the wild card are just a couple games out right now, it's, I think whoever's going to address their issues on their team, so like if the Boston Red Sox address their pitching, get more pitching, or let's say the Rays, they probably need another pitcher or two. If they go out and they address these issues, whatever team does that, which I don't think the Rays will, I think that they're going to they're gonna take the wild card spot. I think New York holds on to what they think New York does. They always get players, always the trade deadline, the big names. They're going to be fine, and as long as they keep up their winning, which I think they have, and they're playing the Rays t- tonight, and they're having three-game series against them, so that could easily further separate them more. And if you look at the NL, for example, the NL Central right now is five games or less between last place and first place, so you never know with that. It only takes one little tear for any team to take the division. You just never know. It's baseball, and that's why I love it so much. Uh, talking about the National League Central, um, that's a crazy division to be in. Uh, six games behind first place for last place. I mean, the Reds are right yeah. there. The Brewers are right there. The Cardinals are right there, and the Pirates are all right there. They're just – they're really close, and they're all, these teams yeah. – are so close that we don't know who's going to be on top by the end of the season. And it's looking good for the Cubs, but they're even right now. And the Cardinals have been playing better than the Cubs as, as of late. And you look at the home record, the, the Cubs play amazing at home, but then they're really bad on the road. And you look at the Cardinals or the Pirates, they're almost even on the road. Um, the Brewers and the Cardinals have the same road record. Um, mostly all teams are better at home. You know, you're playing in front of the fans. Um but that, that is a crazy division because they're so close and they've been close all year. I think the Brewers and the Cubs are going to have to fight through it. I don't think that the Cardinals are going to stay with them. And I do think the, the Reds are just going to slip away. Um, Pirates, I'm not really sure. I mean, the Pirates and the Reds are going to battle it out. But I don't think the Pirates can 
can beat the Brewers or the Cubs. Um, it, it's potential, but I do think that the Cubs or the Brewers are going to be on top for this one. Um, but it is very close. And I know I can't really say that the Cubs are going to win based on um, their players that they have or their their home record, but it's looking promising. They got they got the best record. They're up by seven games. Um, you know, the Brewers are two games behind them. Um, it's very close. Oh, yeah. And, uh, like, for example, like, Pirates have three games here. It's Cardinals, so either team wins that series. They're ahead of each other right now. I, I didn't understand this, at least – the Cubs moved Chris Bryant, I think, to the outfield, which I didn't understand because he won an MVP at third base, and I was kind of confused. I didn't know they, I didn't realize they even changed that position to the All Star game. Him and Javier Baez are both great players for the Cubs, and I, I just thought that they would have kept Chris Bryant at third base, and they would have had an elite infield but I guess they changed it up for some reason and obviously that team hasn't been probably as good as they have been in the past couple years considering that Anthony Rizzo isn't real like he's saying like 275 and Bryant's right 290 and so is Baez but I just don't I don't know it's just yeah I didn't understand that at all um I didn't realize that to the all-Star game, outfield, Chris Brown being an outfielder, obviously he's won MVP in 2016 at third base. And I thought that him and Javier Baez, obviously being a shortstop, would have been a great duo at, in the infield with Anthony Rizzo and Aston Russell. I don't, I didn't understand that at all. Maybe you know better than I do. I don't really particularly follow the Cubs that much, but I didn't understand the switch position. Actually, don't follow too many teams in particular. I just post the big events on my page and more of highlights and news. So it wasn't a big thing for me to cover. Um, but it's definitely interesting that Cubs made that move. Um, you know, I've been seeing a lot of a lot of teams have been doing some strategies lately, and they've been pitching their closer first. They've been and then they pitch their starter. They've been using those strategies. They've been switching around, you know, the Twins using Marvin Gonzalez all over the place. He's been playing left field. He's been playing first base. He's been playing shortstop. He's been playing third base. He, this guy plays everywhere. Uh, I like how the teams manage their their guys who can play everywhere, and they use that to their advantage to give the other guys rest. And that. I think those are the teams that might come on top in their division because, you know, guys get tired. And guys get tired through the season, and they start to break down. And I think it's good that the teams use uh, players in other positions normally than normally what they play. And, you know, that's what they do with, with uh, players who are who deserve that role. And I like to, the teams who, who bring up guys just for, you know, maybe someone who got injured and they're bringing up a guy and then they find out that he is the next guy for that position and they, they keep him up there. You know, these, these, these players, they, the twins have – or the – the MLB and the teams, they figure out who they want by, you know, replacing the players and they find who they want by doing that and they can become the next starter or their, their next, you know, position player. And I think that the teams that, that do that ever so often, they're giving their guys a break and I think that's good in the long run and they're going to benefit off of that. Rather than the teams who don't really have those multi-player positions, they only have the players who play the one position. 
tired and then you have to bring up players who are, you know, that there aren't unfamiliar with the positions and they're switching around. It's not going to be good for those teams, but I like what the, the twins are doing with that. And also like what the Braves are doing. Um, those guys are crazy this year. Um, they're right behind the Dodgers. They're 57 wins, 37 losses, but their road and home splits are dead even. So these guys play good on the road and at home. It's crazy to watch them. They got the lead by 70 games from the National. So, yeah, the Braves have been playing, like, very good as of late. I mean, you know, the team, everybody thought, oh, yeah, the Phillies, they got Bryce Harper. They're going to be the next unstoppable force. The Phillies are good at home, but they are very bad on the road, and they haven't proved it this season at all with Harper. But they still could possibly get back into the lead if they if the Braves start slowing down, but I don't think so. Um, 28 and 19 at home, 29 and 18 on the road. The Braves are just as good as the Dodgers right now. And I think the Dodgers are going to have to fight with the Braves to, to get into the world series. I think because no other team right now compares to them. Both of them always almost have 60 wins. I mean, the Dodgers 62, the Braves 57, the three games, five games behind the Dodgers, but those two teams, man, they're going to have to fight for it. And the NL Central, like we said before, they're really close. So it's going to be between, you know, again, who comes out in the long run, who has the better arms, who has the players who can last the longest. And it really comes down to that in the final stretch. So, yeah, that's what I think about um, the National League so far. Um, I think that the uh, Dodgers definitely have an edge over everyone via playoff experience. Obviously, that comes in a huge role. And I think that they're definitely more dimensional than, let's say, a team like Atlanta. Atlanta's just – Freddie Freeman, obviously, a great first baseman. And then they have um, – oh, my gosh, what's his name? Ronald Acuna Jr. at center field or whatever. But, I mean, they don't have the type of talent that I think the Dodgers have. And, like, Dodgers, Jock Peterson, Cody Bellinger. So many players, you know, Muncy yeah. and Bellinger. They have so many players that they – they don't even have – they don't know what to do with their starting lineup because they have so many veteran players and so many young rookies that are talented enough to play. And I think that's why the Dodgers are so successful because they match and match with their, with their lineups and they use so many different players. They, they, they're not tired at all. They got good arms. They're pitchers. Um, Ryu is – he's got a 1.73 ERA. He's got 10 wins, you know. He is just unstoppable, and he's, he's, he's good every game. He doesn't – you don't see him struggle a lot, and that's, the, that's consistency, and that's what all teams need, and that's what the Dodgers have. Yeah, I mean, he's 31, I'm pretty sure, so it's taken him a while, I guess, to get to this point in his career, but obviously they found him. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, if, I mean, I know he's not what we're used to seeing out of him, but if, if he – I think – when it's playoff time, when he's needed in the big moments, he will step up and he'll he'll deliver for the Dodgers. And I know this was a while ago, but imagine if Zach Greinke would have stayed on the Dodgers. I mean, if you think of Rue, Greinke, and Kershaw, I mean, that's I think that's pretty unstoppable, if you ask me. And it, there's just too many flaws in the NL for a lot of teams. I mean, like you said, the Phillies, they've been a real disappointment. I mean, I know Andrew McCutcheon went down, and he was in really well, and but their pitching has been awful. And 
Bryce Harper hasn't played like he's supposed to. So, I mean, I think that team's just been real let down overall. And I think the NL is – I think it's just weak, if I'm being completely honest, compared to the AL. I think the AL is so much better. If you took some of the AL teams and the NL, you would – it would be some competition with the Dodgers this year. We were talking about okay. how trash the NL um, is compared to the AL. Trash. Like – yeah, like, because how much better the AL is versus the NL at all, having less talented teams, more 500 teams, versus the AL, which is obviously very deep with, like, the AL East being very deep in your AL West. Like, those, that type of thing. Continue on with that. Yeah, like, um, you know, like, our top teams in the NL being, like, around 500, but in the Dales, NL Central, but you got your NL West, the Dodgers, obviously, like, 60 wins, very impressive stuff going on there, then your ALEs, 57 wins, but then, like, other than that, like, your other teams are, like, a couple games above 500, yeah, and, um, that was incredible, and I don't know if I told you this, Cal, or not, but when I was I was down in Tampa Bay early June, and early June they played the Angels, and it was incredible to watch how many Trout fans there were, but when I went, two games, out of three games there, um, Sheotani was at, at bat, and he hit a home run and he had he went for a cycle that game and I also got to see Albert Pujols hit a home run which was really cool but I wanted to get my Trout signature but I tried but there was like a hundred people there so I I was disappointed kind of but I kind of knew what I was expecting but it's just cool to see Trout in general because I think he's their league's best player you there Cal well it's like the depth of teams in the AL, and I'd say it's going to be really interesting how the AL plays out because, I mean, if you think about it, the Yankees and Dodgers, I mean, not Yankees and Dodgers, the Yankees and Astros possibly each other in the, um, what do you call it, AL, um, what do you call it, you know what it's called, Cal? The, uh, the what? The series for the uh, World Series. What do they call that? Divisional? No, in the championship series. So, yeah, the divisional yeah. series. That would that, be the first one. Like, you know, you could possibly see the Yankees and Astros going at it versus each other. Or, you know, Boston, New York. You know, these these amazing teams who have a lot of depth, obviously. A lot of experience going at it in the AL. It's going to make it very difficult for any NL teams that may have the Dodgers. And, like, the Dodgers is probably going to have a pretty easy time with the NL. I mean, the only threat I could see is Atlanta's there. Maybe Colorado, if they get hot, if, like, they start playing out of their mind. And maybe, maybe, now nah, maybe the Nationals, because they have three aces on their roster. But, I mean, other than that, I don't think there's really a threat to the Dodgers, and I think it's just a way easier time on the NL side versus the AL. Yeah, I I do think 
I do think that's going to come down to it. Um, uh, let's talk about the AL West with the Astros, the Athletics, the Rangers, and the Angels. And the Angels, they lost their man Tyler Skaggs. And what, what, what was just incredible is them having that incredible walk-off game, or the no-hitter game. And that, w- that was just special for them. Um, they needed that. You know, losing a player, it affects everybody. I was hearing that on um, an interview with the opposite team's coach. I think it was the Mariners coach. And, you know, just to be able to be part of that is it, so promising to the players, knowing that he was there with them on the field that day. You know, the no-hitter, and they hit, they scored seven runs in the first inning. Thirteen in total, which is his birth date, and you know that was just cr- incredible. The uh, yeah, sorry, sorry guys about that. I don't know what's going on with uh, Cal. I'm assuming he's just he's been having really bad connections, so I'm assuming he's just there, but not really there. You know what I mean? I think it's just been having a really terrible connection. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I'm sorry that Cal has been having internet issues, but that's just how it is, how we rule. Um, if you hear this and didn't edit it, I'm going to try to edit it as best as I can. But Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you want to follow my social medias, you can. And please go follow Cal's social media um, at MLB The Plate. If you want to see MLB highlights and keep up to date with just what's going on around the league. See you guys. Thanks so much. And I'll see you next time on the G Show.